Hello, I'm Mark Bassing-Thwaite, the Risk Manager here at Alps, and welcome to the latest episode of Alps In Brief, the podcast that comes to you from the historic Florence building in beautiful downtown Missoula, Montana. And yes, this is another one where uh, I am back in the, uh, the mothership, the main office, um, and it's, it, it actually is just another gorgeous day here. I would like to, uh, I just feel so privileged and excited about our guest today. Um, it's Callie Russell, and Callie was a participant in season seven of Alone, and uh, just had, again, an opportunity to hear her story, and it's just, oh my God, it's just an extraordinary story of what she experienced, and I would also like to say, Callie, you know, what, what a, just a, an exciting, just, you're such an authentic person, and I just, it's, it's just an honor and pleasure to, to be in your presence, and I just, you bring such, just authenticity to being, I don't know, human or something to me, so it, it's, it's, again, a pleasure to have you here. So before we jump in, can you just take a few minutes and, and share a little bit about yourself with our audience? Sure, of course. Thanks for having me, Mark. You're welcome. And oh, I just have to start to say, I do have roots in Montana. My father and grandparents and great-grandparents are all from the Flathead Valley. And, uh, but unfortunately, I went to school down in Arizona. Or maybe not unfortunately. It just is. It is what it is. It yeah. is what it is. <laughs> but the, I would have liked to spend the time in the mountains. I always loved coming up here as a kid. And so uh, growing up, we would go back and forth from Arizona to Montana quite a bit. And growing up down in Phoenix, I didn't have the connection to the food in the land that I was really yearning for as a young person. And I made this pact to myself when I was a teenager. I said, I'm not going to eat meat until I figure out how to hunt or fish or raise farm animals. And so that led me to be a vegetarian for yes. over a decade. <laughs> But then it pushed me into these the skills that I do now. So I practice, I practice ancestral skills, and I teach ancestral skills to children, teenagers, adults, mm -hmm. and it all started with me wanting to seek that connection to food, that connection to land, and so now for you know over a dozen years I've been practicing these skills, and I've spent a lot of time out in the wilderness, sometimes by myself, sometimes with teenagers I've worked with and sometimes with my herd of goats. And so now I live, um, I'm, I move around, I, I'm okay. nomadic yes. a little bit, right. but I'm based up in the Flathead Valley up in Kalispell, and I have a herd of goats, and I live off-grid there, and my goats are milk goats and pack goats, so they're trained to carry yes. packs, and so they I allow me, yeah, they just allow me to get out into the mountains and disappear out there, so. Very cool. And how did you uh, sort of end up on a loan, of all things. I mean, it's just, I, I'm thinking, and I, I mean, I know the answer to this a little bit already, but, you know, this is not something that, that you were pursuing and just, oh, i got to go out and do this. And, you know, so Cheryl, how, how did we get here? Yeah, that's right. I wasn't, I didn't have any intention to go on right. a television show. In fact, I was sort of avoiding things like that. I wanted, I wanted just to live out in the wilderness. That's what I wanted to do. So I was 
trying to gain the skills that would allow me to stay out in the wilderness for longer and longer periods of time. Mm -hmm. And I was just out there, you know, and I became quite feral, really. (laughs) And, And they... So alone, the casting agent for Alone reached out to me. They found me through a friend of mine who, his name's Jim Knapp. He's a Canadian trapper. And he applied for the show, but then they they didn't take him on the show, but they started asking him, well, who do you know? You know, who yes. do you know? Okay. Uh, and what women do you know? They were really looking for women because oh, they, okay. the casting agents were yeah. really struggling to find women that had the skills to right. to be a part of a competition like this. Right. You know, I, I've seen some episodes of the show. Uh, I'd have to be honest to say not a whole lot. And in part, my wife and I were cord cutters. So we, you know, we have to be very intentional about what we want to watch, and it's, it's, we've been doing that for many, many years. But the premise of the show, for, for those of you that you, you're really placed out in some very rugged, uninhabited spaces, and the whole point is to see who can survive how long. And you know, the, the person that goes the longest, I guess, wins that season. So. Um, the stories that you share today and, and this whole experience, it really is about survival. And I'd love just to share and have a little conversation about the things that enabled you to survive, the learnings. Um, I, I loved you shared some things about, you know, there, I don't want to say this, you know, some people early on, as, as I sort of walked away from, from all of this, we're making lots of mistakes and, you know, to use your word, you're tapping out because they're ill, they're sick, they're not, you know, and doctors can take them out as well if need be. You went a lot, I won't spoil anything if people want to watch this, but you went a long time. Um, how did you do that? I mean, what's, what's, how can you survive? I mean, folks, she was well. I'll let you you explain where you were and sort of the environment you were in. But I love you know taking care of your feet as an example. Those kinds of things. Yeah. So I was. We were all dropped. So the season I was on, season seven, took place in the northwest tor- the northwest territories up in northern Canada. Right. And that's technically the subarctic right there. We're just below the Arctic Circle. And we were dropped in late September, so going into winter. And should we do a spoiler alert here? That's okay. Uh, We can do a spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. (laughs) I I was out there for 89 days, and I got to spend that time really going deep with that land because we don't have any food. We are, and there's no camera, uh, there's no camera crew. So everything that we're doing out there, we're self-documenting and we're dropped very far. There's 10, you know, nine other participants and we're dropped far out from each other. So we, we don't see each other, we don't hear each other, we're, we're way far away. So we're out there alone, surviving and living off of the land. Anything we wanna eat, we have to find it ourselves and we're self-documenting the whole time. And for me, the reason I think I was able to stay so long was the mindset that I went in there with. Okay. And I feel like no matter where you are in life, whether you're in the wilderness or you're in town, whatever you're doing, so much about life is about mindset. 
and the skills are important all the skills that we hold and the survival skills that i had in my pocket were important but i feel like the mindset piece is there's so much power in that and i really went into that experience knowing that the wilderness isn't a place that's out to get me that's out to hurt me or take advantage of me i went out there knowing that the wilderness is there to hold me and that it's where i come from it's where humans have lived yes. for much longer right. than how we're living today. So I knew that I was going back home in a sense. I was going to live and rediscover how humans have lived for so long. And so I went into this experience with this sort of really kind of open mindset and willing to just let the land, let the experience be what it's going to be and also let the land care for me in a way and know that everything I need is there. And going into the experience with a, an abundance mindset, not a scarcity mindset that, oh, there's not gonna be enough and winter's coming and I have to hurry. And, yeah, right. And I did, and I did have to hurry. I had to do a lot before that snow set in. But my mindset was abundance that I know I'm gonna, I know it's gonna work out. I know the land will take care of me. I love that, you know, it's, it ties into where I wanna, go to when you were talking about control mm -hmm. and you know it's we have I mean I, if it were me now I obviously don't have the same kind of skills but you know I I can choose how to look at a situation like this and you can sit and say oh my gosh winter's coming I don't have a hot shower I don't have you know there's the, how am I going to get through there you know you, versus I can figure this out and, you know, it's sort of a half glass empty, half glass full kind of approach at the outset. Exactly. Uh, so let's explore this a little bit in terms of, of control. You have shared some stories and some insights. And I, I, I loved what you had to say about that. Yeah, that's one of the things, because alone wasn't my first time spending a large stretch of time alone in the wilderness. I had been spending time in the wilderness um, but in places that I knew right. and was more familiar with the resources and the yeah. weather and yeah. all that, this definitely was a challenge that pushed me out of my comfort zone in many ways. But the wilderness has taught me time and time again that I'm not in control. And, you know, getting hit with a hard storm will show show you how, you know, it showed me how, insignif how insignificant I am. Yes. I do not have any control <laughs> over the weather. And there's so many big things that I literally have no control over. But I always have a choice, even though I have no control over most things in life, I always have control over one thing, and that's my personal choice. How am I gonna, what lens do I wanna look things through? Yes. How do I wanna react? And for me, it's always looking, looking for those doorways instead of walls. Looking for, how is this glass full, as you say? Yes. Looking okay. for the silver lining. Yeah. and. So for me going out there, I really wanted it. I was going out there trusting that it was going to work out how it needed to work out and that everything I needed was going to be there. And you also wanted to talk about um, the self-care thing too, right? Sure, let's go for it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, so also the wilderness has also showed me that being in the wilderness, a lot of people think that it's this thing that's you just have to suffer through it. You know, it's going to yes. be uncomfortable. You're going right. to be cold, hungry. Yeah. It just sort of, there's going to be bugs biting you. There's scary bears. It's this miserable sort of thing. Yeah. 
And I had learned over the years how to really thrive in the wilderness and it not be this suffer fest, it be very enjoyable. And I learned how to take care of myself out there. I learned the right clothes to wear, you know, where to camp that's a better, better place to camp and just things that make it a more enjoyable experience. And I learned that even in the wilderness, having good self-care is very important. Having good hygiene is important, making sure, you know, you're hydrated, all these things. And so I took that knowledge with me on a loan and knowing if I don't take care of myself and do those little self-care things every day, that's something that could take me out of this competition. Right. Right. And you're, am I correct in saying you prioritize the self-care over even some of the major tasks that need to be done. Mm -hmm. And why would you do that? Well, because in my experience, those little things that's in the wilderness, a little cut, you know, you're like, oh, it's just a little cut. No worries. I don't need to worry about that. But little cuts can get infected really easily. And then you have this big festering infected wound that actually now I can't use that hand. I can't hold an ax in that hand anymore because it's swollen. But if I would have just, you know, slowed down and taken care of that cut, soaked it in, you know, an herbal tea, you know, found some wild yarrow or something and soaked it in there and took care of that cut right away, it would be no problem. And so it's like that saying, a stitch in time saves nine. If you take care of something right away, you're saving yourself a much bigger problem. Yeah. And let, let me comment on that just for a minute. It's well-being is an extremely hot topic and a very, very important topic, particularly in the legal profession. And and I love, you know, folks, when we think about the rate of various types of impairments uh, and, and mental illness and burnout and on, you know, I think the Kaylee's story really just underscores the significance, the value of saying, okay, I need to make sure that I am putting in, even if it's just a little time every day to take care of myself, to perhaps nurture you know, you were alone here in this, but nurture support systems, do whatever, because you cannot, if, if you don't focus on yourself at times and do these basics and take care, you are going to end up, it may, may not be a swollen wrist in the wilderness, but it may be, I don't have the internal strength anymore to deal with all the craziness going on in my professional life and I'm burning out, you know. So I, I just want to score these little things. Even if it's just take a break and have a cup of coffee, take a little time to enjoy the sunrise. If the thunderstorm is in the, uh, in the area, you know, roll down the window, breathe the air in and listen to that lightning and rain. I mean, it's just gorgeous if you ask me. So I, I, I want to underscore that point. You had talked too about uh, a, a time where you really were struggling and you had a moment that, you know, can, can we talk about that just briefly? Sure. Yeah, there's a, a moment out there I had where I was struggling to find food that had fat in it. And I knew if I didn't do that, I would have to leave. And I really didn't want to leave. And... I 
you know, it, it broke me down. I, I had so far up into that point had been feeling like I was in a pretty positive mindset. Challenges would come up, struggles would come up, but I was okay. I just, you know, kept going and could just keep going with it. But this sort of broke me down mm-hmm. and I was so sad to think that I would have to leave and it not be my choice to leave. And I had this sort of awakening a moment or a moment, some people might call it a moment of enlightenment or something like that. It was pretty profound and it's hard to really capture the whole, you know, moment in words and be able to retell. But I was standing on this cliff above this porcupine den that I was really hoping to catch this porcupine and I kept being very unsuccessful with it. And I realized I was worrying so much about what could happen in the future, something that was out of my control if I was going to be pulled from this competition or not. And that I was so sad about that because I wanted to stay. I wanted to keep being out there. Mm -hmm. And I realized in that moment, I'm so caught up in thinking about what may or may not happen in the future that I was missing out on what I actually wanted, which was just to be present and absorbed in this wilderness yeah. experience. Yeah. And this lesson I've been taught many times in the wilderness, I'm not in control, but this time it hit me in a whole new way. And that, I, it hit me, I'm not in control. And I actually surrendered to it instead of just in my mind being like, okay, I logically understand I'm not in control, but it hit me and I actually surrendered. I let go. I let go of all the things that I'm not in control of. And it just opened so much up for me. It created all this space within myself and I was actually sort of freed from my own mind and able to be present in that moment and see and experience life in a way I never had before. I, I love that. It's, and why that spoke to me, I have, I'm not a person that uh, sort of believes in predestined fate, you know, and all this stuff. Um, but I do believe that life, there are different ways to describe this, but you know, things happen for a purpose. Things happen for a reason. We need to learn to listen to them uh, and, and be open to where life is taking us and all this. And my point to all this is people have said to me at times, you know, Mark, you need to learn how to be present in the moment. And, you know, there's the mindfulness movement, you know, and I've, I've, I've never really gotten that. But what you explained when I was listening to it in, in, during your presentation and here now again, it's, you really do a very good job. It, it, just the light went on. That's what it means to be present in the moment. Just to experience this now, no agendas, no worries, and just be, be in the grace. Be, be, just enjoy this is here and now, you know, and I, so I, I thank you for that, for one, it's just like, okay, a little light went on there. Yeah, it's amazing, it's, I just realized I was the only thing in the way of what I wanted in that moment, yes. what I wanted was to be really immersed in this wilderness experience, and I was there, but I was preventing myself from being fully immersed because I was worrying about the future, 
And when I realized that and was actually able to just let go of what may or may not happen in the future, I was actually able to to get the exact thing which I that I wanted, which was right. be there. And it's just so profound to realize I was the one. You know, we always sort of look elsewhere to blame other yes. cir- blame circumstances right. and for for what's going on and why things aren't working out. But just to realize every single day, I am the only one that gets to choose if I have a good day or not. I'm the one who gets to choose if I'm enjoying myself. And it doesn't matter the circumstances, all the circumstances, I'm not in control of all that. The only thing I get to choose is if, I still get to choose if I'm gonna enjoy my day. Yeah. And again, the circumstance of being in alone and, and doing all this, I mean, what an extraordinary experience. But I, I think these kinds of lessons, uh, learnings, are, are applicable to all of us. You know, I don't need to be alone pushing boundaries like just you did in such an, such an extraordinary way. But we, we all have our challenges every single day. And we can't, there's a lot of things we can't control. Even as simple as just like, gosh, there's just too much traffic and I'm late to get them hearing or whatever it might be but we can control how we respond to that what we do with it and to me that's very empowering uh, but because it, it helps keep keeps the world in perspective and you know it just you know so what would you say sort of wrapping some things up here um what are the takeaways the, the growth we've talked about some of this but I, you know it when you sit and say, okay, this was an extraordinary experience 10, 20, 30 years from now, when you look back on this, how did you change? What, what, what growth was there for you? What's, what's, what's truly important out of all of this? Well, one thing is I really started, I was, started this path of learning these ancestral skills because I wanted freedom. I wanted the freedom to be able to go out into the mountains and be able to find food and take care of myself and live how our ancestors used to live. I wanted that sense of freedom. But practicing all this stuff, I realized true freedom is actually in within myself. It's within my mind and it doesn't matter how many skills I have. It depends on the thoughts that I'm thinking. The thoughts that I'm thinking are what allowed me to feel free or not free. Got it. it. So true. Yeah. This, the essence of true freedom. Yeah. And another thing with working with these skills, spending time in the wilderness and working with these skills is that, you know, it's really easy to feel alone in our world. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people ask me, oh, when you were on the show called Alone and you were all alone in the wilderness and it was negative 40 and you only had rabbits to eat and <laughs> weren't you so lonely? How did you deal with the loneliness? And I said, you know, I actually didn't feel lonely out there at all. I felt way more lonely when I was a teenager surrounded by people. I felt yeah. way more lonely when I was in college, trying to get through college. And I was around people all the time. I was extremely lonely because I didn't have the sense of connection that I wanted, like sense of connection with community with other people, but yeah. also also with other species. Mm-hmm. There's a, a term that's been coined by uh, Robin Kimmerwall, which is an author, called um, species loneliness. 
and that we as humans experience species loneliness because our culture were sort of brought up not really knowing about the natural world as much so we don't know the different names the different species of birds and the different species yeah. of trees even yeah. the ones we're around all the, all the time, all the yeah. time. Yeah. and once you start making those connections with the natural world you start to realize you know we're all connected and we're all a part of things and working with mm. with this stuff is it allowed me that sense of connection and time on the show has allowed me that sense of connection and mm-hmm. I think that that's it's just the the web that we're all yeah. a part of and realizing we're not alone we're not alone on our little island yeah we're all together we're on the same island we're in the same boat and and just opening up to to that is i think so so powerful and it feels so good and i'm so happy to be experiencing that and i'm so happy to be sharing that connection with other other people folks one of the things that um you just because this is an audio podcast there's lots of things you can't see but um during the presentation that uh kaylee just gave here um we got to see a lot of screenshots and things from the tv show and some uh, slides and things trust me when i say that this environment is beyond extreme um it's just crazy snow cold she's wrapped up in all kinds of stuff but at the same time she showed some photos of the space that she made that eventually even using her word became home and it's extraordinary rocks they're flat rocks and she she found some uh, some uh, uh, Clay, clay, yes, thank you, Vicky Mud, and builds a, a fireplace. And, and th- this space is, is gorgeous. Now, still, it's it can get 40 below, you know. I mean, this, I'm not, you know, this is not glamping. But the thing that struck me throughout the entire presentation are these wonderful, just glowing smiles, you know, and th- th- the ability to find the connection and to celebrate and appreciate all that's going on. And you didn't talk, I never heard you say, oh, it's life through a lot of challenges at you. But as you said, you know, I'm not looking at the walls. I'm looking for the exits, the doors to keep moving forward. And, and to me, it gets back to just you are a living, breathing um, model for me in terms of saying, I, you listen to your life in, at a level I think most people will never get to. And I just think that's awesome. But I, I want you listening to us, folks. Uh, the, the, I, I can get emotional about this. The... She spoke to me in a very deep way. The ability to just see the beauty, appreciate the moment in the face of what so many of us would say is just adversity we could never even manage. But she also stepped in, you know, she took the time to learn the skills. I mean, it's, you know, so I, I'm rambling here a little bit. But to me, I guess I'd say it's a message of hope. 
Uh, it's a message of, you know, reminding us who really is in control. You know, it's life and other people can throw all kinds of things at us and we, we can't control that, but we can control how we respond. And ultimately, you know, that's true control. So I, I, I hope you found something of value in all of this <laughs> stuff. And, but um, Callie, thank you so much for taking a little time to, to visit with us. Do you have any final thoughts you'd like to share or anything? Well, just another thing on what you're saying, the resilience of the human spirit. Okay. And yes. we all have that, you know. Some people yeah. think, oh, I would never be able to do that. But I think we all surprise ourselves when we're actually thrown into a challenging situation that we all have a resilient human spirit. And when we are thrown into a thing that we think we can't do and we try to do it anyway, there's so much joy and empowerment coming through that other side. Mm -hmm. And so to embrace embrace that discomfort, embrace getting out of the comfort zone and knowing that we're all stronger than we think we are. And I know me going through that experience, when I started, I didn't think it was something that I'd be able to do. It felt like it was too big for me, but I went through anyway and I came out the other end feeling very empowered and realizing I'm stronger yeah. than I thought I was. And I think it's the case for everybody. And so I think that's yeah. an important piece. And I think sometimes to knowing when I, the life I was living before I started following that pull, I kind of felt this tug on my heart or my soul or something that was like, you need to be doing something else. Yeah. Before I started listening to that, I could have struck, kept struggling through the job that I had or, mm -hmm. you know, the work that I was doing, but I knew there's a kind of a difference between, you know, having a hard situation and overcoming it yeah. and keeping yourself in a hard, you're creating that hard situation that you know isn't good for you too. And having that courage to say, Hey, this isn't, this isn't how I, this isn't the kind of struggle that I need in my life. What can I do to change it? How can I change right. my life? So it's feels better for me, yeah. you know? And I think yeah. that ties into the, yeah. the self care piece. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I appreciate that. Wow, again, so much stuff. I, I again, in, in sort of can, wrapping all this up, to me, Callie's story and experiences is truly at the end of the day a message of hope. Um, that when any of us are facing challenging times, get overwhelmed with work, struggling with whatever our personal demons are, you know, Take it one step at a time. Understand you are in control of you, how you respond. Look for the exits or look for the doors. Doorways. Um, and, and just because that's how you grow. And I do. I love this this message. And you, you found this, discovered it yourself in very awesome, meaningful ways. Um, you know, we, we have, we all have strengths in us that we just don't know. So have a little faith, put that smile on, you know, put your feet in the grass, just start moving and, and good things will come. So again, folks, thanks for listening. I hope you had a, have a good one and uh, I look forward to listening with you next time on Alps in Brief. And get outside. And get outside. I love it. Thanks, Kelly. Okay, folks. Bye-bye.